to Eat, Drink, Social. My name is Courtney Sandora, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Go Social, or you can visit our website at goforthbesocial.com. Today we're joined with Nat, better known as the Mindful Mocktail on social media. Based in Australia, she creates fun and unique alcohol-free mocktails crafted with fresh fruit and real ingredients. She's created an inclusive channel that's welcome for all followers and created a very safe space and environment for sober curious followers. Um, So welcome, Nat. We're so excited to have you on the podcast and talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited to. Yeah. So we'll just go ahead and dive in. Can you just talk a little bit about yourself and, you know, your passion for, you know, crafting mocktails and alcohol-free drinks? Sure. So I'm Nash. I'm from Australia, as you said. Uh, And a few years ago, actually, it was almost three years ago now, I um, had a little bit of, I guess, revelation in my personal life and realized I was drinking just a little bit too much. And At that time, I decided to take a break from alcohol and I really missed my evening wine, you know, my afternoon drink. And, you know, I was in the habit of having something to drink every day, something delicious, something adult. And I was really trying to replace that at home. You know, I was going into um, the supermarket and even like the liquor stores and having a look at their non-alcoholic options and, you know, going back almost three years, there just really wasn't a whole lot around. And I'd always been a real foodie at heart, you know, great cook, really interested in flavor pairing and, you know, which flavors work well together. So essentially I just thought, gosh, all the drinks that I can find in the supermarket right now, they're full of sugar. Um, I don't, I didn't want to replace, you know, an alcohol addiction with a sugar addiction. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try making my own non-alcoholic drinks. So Mm. this was just as we were coming into the pandemic. So really when a lot of people were, I think people sort of went one or two ways, you know, one of two ways they either, you know, ramped up their alcohol intake or, you know, they, they drank less. So I, fell into that drinking less category. I started playing around with flavors at home, started making some simple syrups. I had, um, you know, a herb garden. So I would, um, you know, use the fresh herbs from my garden, lots of fresh fruit, tried to sort of stay low on the sugar side of things. And I just really loved it. I I loved um, creating drinks. I loved, um, you know, sharing them with friends. So I would send the recipes over to, you know, friends and family. And I got such a great response from them that I thought, you know what, I'm going to start sharing these with, um, with the world. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That, thank you for sharing some of that background. I know, I feel like so many creators like yourself kind of saw that shift during the pandemic and it's kind of led them like to where you are today with so much, you know, success. And um, by the way, love your channel. So colorful and fun. And I feel like you really make mocktails look elegant and fun and unique and something like that people want to consume. Yeah, that's right. And that's really the goal. You know, it's um, like cocktails have been around for such a long time and right. but there's a been the big emphasis on the booze, which is fair enough. You know, booze does taste great. Um, but, you know, there wasn't a lot around for 
you know, what about those people that didn't drink? You know, we don't want right. to be stuck with soda water, with lemon, lime and bitters, with soft drinks and, you know, all the rest of it when we go out to restaurants or even at home. So it was just about creating that inclusive environment for people that, you know, hey, look, you don't drink or you're cutting down or whatever it might be. Um, mm. Here's an alternative. You know, here's something else for you that you can try. Yeah, definitely. Um, you talk like we mentioned about inclusivity, um, how important that is, you know, or can you talk a little bit about how important it is for you and to provide, you know, those inclusive recipes for your friends, your family, and of course your your followers on your channel? Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, look, it's a bit embarrassing really because I was such a big drinker. I I never really considered the non-alcoholic options I was offering, whether we were having a house party here or a barbecue or when I went out to restaurants, you know, I was always drinking. So it never really occurred to me to offer, you know, to, to have a big non-alcoholic menu. You know, when people came to our place, it was generally, you know, here's soda water or water or like, you know, as I said, sodas or soft drinks or whatever you want to call them. So, um, and you know, I have apologized to my friends. I have a couple of friends who don't drink. Most of my friends do drink, but I have a couple of friends who don't um, because I know what it's like now to go to a someone's place or to go to a restaurant and literally have either nothing or just really childish options. Um, you know, you're sort of lumped into the same category as what the kids drink. You know, you've got your right. juice your sodas and that's it so it was really important to me to create an in inclusive space not just for non-drinkers but for drinkers as well you know it's not about being preachy as I said some of my favorite people in the world are drinkers a lot of my family and my best friends and everything are drinkers but it's also about saying you know it's all right it's okay to say no and if you do say no or you want to replace every second drink with a non-alcoholic drink you know here's a good option for you so yeah, being inclusive has always been a really big thing for me and and really now, I'm not sure what it's like over there in the States, but now it's really about getting restaurants and venues over here to be more inclusive with their menus and put a little bit more thought into what they're offering their guests in terms of non-alcoholic options. Yeah, you're. that's so true. You're so right. Um, I know it's such a big push now and in that inclusivity and responsibility area too, to provide, you know, fun, non-alcoholic beverages. Um, and I know you're exactly right with the restaurant push. I know in America, we've, I've seen some restaurants try to do um, mocktail month or mocktail week. I know that's kind of going on in January right now. Um, so it is really nice to see. And I know, you know, consuming alcohol can be fun. Also, we have to be responsible. I know it is such a social norm across the world and um, it does you know, bring people together. But I think, you know, fun mocktail recipes can definitely bring people together too, like at a brunch or a family party or, you know, at a concert or anything really. And it's funny, you know, the more I speak to people, the more I realize there are just this, there's a wide array of reasons why people don't drink. You know, they might be pregnant, they might be training for a marathon, they might be on medication where they're unable to drink, you know, there's, and we've always just accepted that, you know, we'll, we'll put up with sort of inferior options when it comes to, you know, non-alcoholic drinks, but it's exciting that things are starting to change. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when you started your Instagram account and really honed in on on the mocktail recipes, can you talk a little bit about, you know, your launch into that and the response from your followers um, at the sure. beginning? 
Sure. So I started on Instagram first and I actually started by telling a little bit of my personal story first when it, you know, came to drinking and how I become somewhat reliable on having my, you know, drinking alcohol every day. Um, And I found that that's what people related to first. You know, it was amazing all the people all over the world who I started getting private messages and, you know, lots of comments on the posts, you know, talking sort of like a me too movement for, for alcohol, you know, that, that it made me feel definitely less alone. And I, and then when I started sharing the recipes, I mean, they, they just got such a great response too. So starting off with that personal story, I think people really felt a connection. You know, I think connection is so important when it comes to social and, you know, people really are looking for connection above um, all else. So if you're in a position to be able to share some of your personal story, whether it be little, you know, you don't have to get too personal. I'm not saying, you know, spill your guts to the world or anything, but certainly I know that that connection is what, um, you know, initially drew people to to my page. Um, so I started sharing videos first on Instagram um, and then I moved more into photography um, which was really well received at the time. But then, of course, reels came along. And, and you know, we um, I know some content creators have done really well just staying true to their, you know, photography roots. But for me, I thought, you know what, I can really adapt to this and I enjoy making videos. So, you know, I started um, getting into to creating videos and they've been really well received too. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I do see a lot of your videos. Um, you tap into some of those trends, um, which are very fun. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're super fun. I'll talk about trending audio a bit later because I am a big fan of trending audio. But, yeah, it's yeah. it's a really it's a fun place to be if you can come at it from a, you know, I guess a perspective of this is fun and not work, you know, right. not try and blur the lines too much. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um can you talk to a little bit about just yourself as a creator and um, how you've seen, you know, the alcohol free space grow on, you know, Instagram or TikTok, just on social in general? Oh, it's such an exciting time. I actually wrote down a stat and this is more for um, no and low beverage um, alcohol companies. But just to give you an idea, in 2002, the market for no and low beverage companies has reached almost $10 billion. And it's estimated to grow by 8% each year until 2025, compared with alcohol, which is only predicting a 0.7% growth. So we're talking like 10 times the amount of growth in the alcohol-free space. Um, And it is needed, you know, it's exciting. Um, And I think months like this month, you know, dry January, um, dry July, there's sober October, or we call it October over here. So I find that those months really do drive this um this narrative that we've got about you know how beneficial it can be to take a break from alcohol and so many people um who take a break often end up feeling so good they either don't return to drinking back to their normal levels or they decide not to drink at all, which is, you know, sort of what happened in my case. Um, So you can see, you know, even creators who have always focused on 
alcoholic cocktails. So you can even see these creators moving into creating, you know, low alcohol um, cocktails or mocktails, um, which is really exciting because the more the better, you know. I think um, the more creators can sort of embrace this, you know, this alcohol free trend um, I won't even call it a trend because I'll call it more of a lifestyle change because I think it's going to hang around forever and trends generally don't hang around forever right. um, but you know I just I feel like we're in a world now where we're more aware than ever of um, you know the importance of our physical and mental health and not putting things into our bodies that can affect those things um, yes yeah yeah definitely yeah that's really great insight and really um kind of wowing a shock factor with the stat that you read off. I think it is, you know, kind of great to see. I know spirits brands, we, we have our favorites and we want them to win and succeed, but I think there's a lot of room, like you said, for growth for those alcohol-free brands and, um, you know, with consumers just keeping health and, you know, safety and responsibility at the top of mind. And one of the most exciting things we're seeing over here is that our favourite non-alcoholic brands are moving into creating, uh, sorry, our favourite spirit brands are moving into creating non-alcoholic spirits. You know, places like Gordon's Gin and, you know, beer, different um, beer manufacturers, you know, it's an exciting time because even the spirit companies are looking at this and saying, hey, let's create a non-alcoholic replica of you know, of our best-selling spirit and see how it goes so that, you know, we we are a more inclusive company. So let's hope to see more of that in 2023. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it is for, it, it is very exciting. So, I mean, I, I do enjoy a non-alcoholic beer myself. You know, it tastes, you get the same great taste, but, you, you know, you don't also have to, you know, uh, worry so much about, you know, that consumption and, and you can balance it, you know, after work or, you know, in the afternoon with a meal. Absolutely. Um, I know you talked uh, a little bit about inclusivity. Um, have you seen, you know, just as, you know, your channel grows and as more creators, like you said, even, you know, mixologists and bartenders tap into more of that non-alcoholic space. Um, have you seen just positive sentiment from followers just um, because of, you know, this new um, and kind of continuous uh, evolution of, of the non-alcoholic spaces on social? Look, it's overwhelmingly positive, but it is also an interesting place to be, um, the non-alcoholic space, because um, there are lots of people that are very, look, there are lots of people that can drink in a really healthy way. You know, they're able to moderate and drinking alcohol is not an issue for them. Um, and, you know, like I said, that's that's a lot of my friends and family and like, you know, all power to you um, if that is you. And But what I do find is... Um, you know, there are a lot of, usually they're trolls, if I'm honest, who are very um, defensive, I suppose, of alcohol. Um, and, you know, it's, I talk a little bit later about, um, I'll mention it later, I guess about just having a thick skin. When you're on socials in general, I think you need to have a thick skin. But, you know, you're talking about cutting down alcohol or cutting out alcohol can be somewhat controversial. So I definitely over the last couple of years have grown quite a thick skin when it comes to just speaking about living an alcohol-free life. Some people really want to hear it and some people just really don't want to hear it. And, you know, either way is fine. And I know that my message, I suppose, is reaching the right people when it needs to. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think you can provide like that important education piece too to some people who are not as knowledgeable or, you know, maybe see it as a more negative lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And as I said, like, it's not about demonizing alcohol. I've got nothing against alcohol. There are plenty of people that can enjoy a few drinks and have no negative repercussions, but then there are lots that can't. So it's important to to create an inclusive space for those people too. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so in your opinion, when you're creating content um, just regularly on your channel or you know, out of the blue, seeing new ideas, um, you know, what makes great content for you or just in general too on, on Instagram and TikTok? Okay. I took a few notes about this question because I think it's a really good one. So these are the main things that I cover and I'm going to speak to reels in particular because I just feel like, well, reels on Instagram and then also I am on TikTok too, but I'm a little bit, I sort of started on TikTok and got a really great response there and then for various reasons had to channel my energy back into Instagram. But this year I'm hoping to post more frequently on TikTok because I do enjoy it over there. Um, But really I find in terms of what makes great content, there are a few things. So something enticing at the beginning to really hook the viewers. So, and that could be, I find even just the name of the drink for me, like if I'm making, um, like I did a dry January wellness shot recently. And um, I think even just that name just like drew people in, like, what do you mean? Wellness shot, that sounds interesting. You know, something that's going to keep people watching. Um, I think the look of the drink or whatever it is you're serving makes a big difference. And really, you know, you want to make something, you know, that looks like, wow, I want to consume this. Like I want to drink this. This looks delicious. I also find if I put a really punchy first line in the caption, it makes a big difference. So whether it's asking a question, sometimes something controversial that people want to answer, you know, it'll make them want to keep watching the reel and then also engage with you in the comments. Um, And yeah, I think that those, those three things really can pull people in because, you know, the main goal really is to keep people watching. You want them to watch the start and be so pulled in in that first two or three seconds that they watch the whole thing and then potentially even, you know, watch again. Um, I think that audio is a really big thing. So um, really punchy audio. I pretty much use trending audio for every one of my reels and I find that works really well. Um, I usually, you know, have this little arrow next to trending mm-hmm. audio. So I always um, aim for 5,000 or less whenever I'm choosing my audio. And often I'll try and make whatever content I'm creating sort of match with the audio. So when the beat drops, you know, the drink's presented or, you know, I'm presenting the facts or whatever it is that I want to present in that video. Um, I think education and value is huge. So think about, you know, if you didn't follow you, what is it about this piece of content that would make me say, oh, I need to follow that person. I want to see what they do next. You know, what val- what value are you providing? Because, you know, everyone wants the free stuff. Let's face it, we're all there to consume content and get something out of it. So it's, you know, it's really got to be worthwhile for whoever is consuming that content. And one thing, and I think recipes do really well on um, social platforms for this reason is you want content that is savable and shareable. So recipes are obviously very, very savable because people save them to come back to you later. 
Um, and, you know, that I get a lot of shares as well. So again, you know, if you didn't, if you weren't you and you didn't follow you, think to yourself before every piece of content, like, would I save this? And would I share this? You know, what is it about this content that makes it um, special? And like I said before, it doesn't hurt to post something. If your mental health can manage it, to post something a little bit controversial because controversial, especially over on TikTok, love a bit of controversy over on TikTok. So I would say if you decide to delve into, um, you know, something a little bit controversial, don't be scared of it. Use it as an experiment. Like I wonder how people will respond to this um, and don't get too emotionally invested in it. So if you know, when you post something, when I post something controversial, I know that I'm going to get negative comments, but I know at the same time that that's not about me. That's just about the content that I'm posting. And I love content that creates conversation in the comments because, you know, it really opens your eyes to other people's points of view. I think it's good for people, you know, who view that content to come back and you know, read that content or those comments, I mean, and it opens their minds to different points of view, you know, and I think in that way, you know, social media can really be used for good. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing insight. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, I think you're exactly right. I think that engagement while, you know, views and impressions and reach are, are great numbers. I think engagement is also, you know, a really important number for not just creators, but, but brands in general. So, like you said, creating that relevant content that's going to get people talking and um, talking, hopefully, you know, more positively or, you know, just the educational side of, you know, wanting to learn more, wanting to get more from you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit, but do you have any other kind of like tips or best practices or pieces pieces of advice for for growing creators? I think my account is a really good example of um, quality over quantity. So, um, and there are lots of different views on this. So I'll just say what works well for me, but, you know, many, um, I suppose, Instagram gurus will sort of say, try and post every day. I'm really not about that at all. I post two to three times a week. Sometimes if I'm having a rough week, I'll only post once a week. But, you know, I looked at my stats this morning and out of 235 posts, there's almost 70,000 followers on my account. So I feel like I really honed in on, on that quality first. And I think if you can, you know, really produce, you know, if you're producing less amounts of like quality content, you've got more chance of, you know, things going viral and, um, you know, I've had things go viral and sort of had, you know, a growth of five to 6,000 followers in a week. So I would say don't be afraid to post less but make it higher quality. Um, and I'd say too, like you don't need expensive equipment, but I would in terms of cameras and things, but I definitely would recommend good lighting, whether that be natural light or artificial light. Um, and again, just providing that value. So what is it about this piece of content that's going to make people want to come back? Yeah. Yeah. That is really amazing, you know, advice. And I think, I feel like I've heard that from other creators too. So it's great to hear you say that too. And, and I think you hit it, you know, the nail on the head where it's about the quality, not the quantity of the content. 
Yeah. And I think that puts lots of pressure on people too, because I don't have the the headspace to be posting every day. I just don't. I would prefer to put, you know, all of my mental space into two or three really good pieces of content um, and get the same amount of traction. For sure. For sure. I know a lot of people think influencers are kind of like machines, you know, you all just kind of put out content so quick and you just think of all these catchy ideas, but I know you're, you're real people, you have real lives, other jobs, other priorities. So I think, like you said, just that high quality content that people, people are actually going to want to see. It's, it's, you know, I feel like that's some of my favorite content on social too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, as far as your channel, you know, are there any um, creators or brands that, you know, you currently work with or just some pieces of advice, you know, who you choose to work with on your channel, um, you know, for years past or just, you know, looking ahead to, to 2023 as well? Um, any brand partnerships, you know, you're hoping to play off of or um, make those connections for your channel? It sounds like a really funny thing to say, but I actually really... I- there's not a lot of good ice available over here as in, you know, drinking ice available here over in Australia. And I really would love to partner with some sort of ice machine maker. Even if it's not a partnership, I just need to to get access to some over here because we tend to have that really gross sort of like cloudy ice. I don't know if that happens oh, to no. you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, I don't know, I, I'm obviously I focus on the aesthetics a lot in my videos because you need to, um, but yeah, there's just something about the quality of ice over here that just drives me nuts. So I have actually been chatting to a couple of, um, even just that gorgeous little like nugget ice, yeah. um, a couple of brands over in the States because we just can't get machines like that here. So um, definitely looking at something like that. And, you know, aside from that, I just, I basically how I manage um, brand partnerships is um, I always try a product first. So usually, um, you know, either a brand contacts me and asks me, you know, can we send you some things Um, or I just order them from the website if there's a new um, brand or something out that I'm interested in. And then it's just about forming that relationship after that. So once I um, try the product, if I love the product and I know that I can do something really exciting with it, then I'll either reach out to them or they'll reach out to me and say, hey, do you want to, do you want to work together? And it's, um, I really love that kind of work. I love connecting with the brands, especially because, you know, it's all non-alcoholic brands that I'm connecting with. So we're sort of on a very, very similar path. Um, and, you know, we have very similar messages that we want to spread about, you know, being it being okay to say no to an alcoholic drink. So, yeah. 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 That's exciting. I think, um, you know, you kind of serve as a brand ambassador um, in a way for some of them. And you, like you said, you have the, the same mission and, and to spread, you know, inclusivity to all people. And um, I think that's really exciting. Is there anyone in particular, I know you said a, a fun ice company. Um, I definitely, I, I love the aesthetic on your page. I see what you mean. You know, I feel like the high quality ice like makes the drink is just as much as the liquid in the drink too. It does. It's so much about the aesthetics. And also when you go to a um, a restaurant, you generally, you know, they have this gorgeous like clear ice or nugget ice yeah. and it's, you, know, you just can't replicate it at home. Um, but yeah, I do have um, a couple of 
brands that, you know, I work with regularly. Um, a couple of them are Australian based and a couple of them are, are based in the States. Um, and yeah, I love working with them. Um, Eden Vale is one that I work with over here, but they're also available over in the States and in Canada as well. Um, so yeah, I love working with, um, Edenvale and, um, I also work with a juice company over here. They produce high quality, low sugar juices. So love working with them too. Anything that's, you know, I really love low sugar, healthy drinks, um, natural drinks, things like coconut water and, um, you know, low sugar mixes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, kind of off topic question, but a segue. Um, I know we've seen a lot of different trends from those more natural flavors or more exotic flavors for for drinks. Are you kind of exploring any of that like yuzu or elderflower or any of those in your drinks as well? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like I've done a couple of drinks with elderflower in the last six weeks. I love elderflower. Yuzu, no. So I have tried yuzu because we've got a couple of non-alcoholic drink brands over here that actually use yuzu in their drinks um, and it's delicious. So I would love to try, um, you know, try to experiment with that. But I don't even know where I would get it as an ingredient. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into it. Um, and there's even things like, you know, I know bubble tea has been around for a while, but I'd love to experiment a little bit more with bubble tea. But then again, mm. trying to make it a more healthy version of bubble tea because I think it has quite a lot of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, whenever there are, tr- I actually have just a tip for other creators. I do have Google Trends turned on on my Google Analytics if any any anyone listening has um, a website as well so um, all of my recipes are on my website and google trends are a really good place um, to see what is trending because usually something will start trending on you know your tiktok or instagram and then automatically people go to google and they type those searches in so that's um that's a really good tip to find out what's trending and of course the other way is just to hang out a lot on tiktok and instagram but again sometimes that just uses up that mental space so i do try and reserve that for content creation if I can (laughs) yeah definitely for sure um well my last question for you um just kind of about your your vision for your channel and and the future I know we're into the new year so um any kind of big plans for the mindful mocktail or just keep doing what you're doing Yeah, well, I I do want to grow my website. So I actually have a background in SEO, um, which is, you know, why I, you know, write the blog posts the way that I do. And it was exciting. Last year, I had over a million people um, jump onto my website um, and get recipes on my website. So that was a goal I set for myself early last year. Um, and yeah, so I really want to keep growing my website. I'd love to start putting some recipes together, um, for a book as well. Um, I think, you know, the time would be right to put something together. So I'm looking into that too. Uh, and really just another year of just creating delicious, like low sugar mocktails for people, partnering with amazing brands. And yeah, I'm just really excited about what this year will bring, you know, considering this is sort of my third year in the industry and, you know, every year the non-alcoholic space just gets more and more exciting. So I've no doubt there are some really exciting things in store for 2023. Yeah. Well, that is very exciting. And I think a book would be amazing. I know a lot of creators kind of jump into the publishing side too. So um, I think, you know, fingers crossed, um, that would be so fun. And um, 
but yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing all of these, you know, wonderful tips and insights with us. I think, I know we do talk to a lot of um, professionals in the spirits world, but I think talking to people like you who are also in this, you know, non-alcoholic spirits world and, and mixology area, um, it's, it's great to kind of get a pulse check on the environment. And um, so I really appreciate you sitting down with us today on the podcast. It's such a pleasure. I could talk about it all day and yeah, you've been wonderful. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nat. And um, you can follow Nat on Instagram and TikTok uh, at The Mindful Mocktail. Um, And Nat, what is your website handle as well? Yeah, sure. My website is mindfulmocktail.com and all my recipes there are available for free. Um, There's a free mocktail recipe download booklet that you can grab as well. And yeah, I've got lots of resources there for, um, you know, living a a sober curious or alcohol-free lifestyle, things like, you know, my 10 favourite non-alcoholic red wines and white wines because that's another big industry in itself so yeah lots of resources there if you're looking to cut down or cut out alcohol awesome well thank you so much Nat. again it was such a pleasure to have you and um cheers to 2023 and i'm excited to see you know your channel uh and you know your success this year thank you so much all right everybody That wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us.